So do you ever wonder how websites are able to position planes on a map, understand where the planes are going from, uh, what tail numbers they are? I mean, obviously the FAA is not going to share this information with the general public. There's got to be a way that websites out there are getting that information. Today, we're going to find out exactly how that happens with Eric Carlson from FlightAware.com. So stick around. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. I can't believe this is already the 24th session of the Scanner School podcast. So today we're talking about something a little bit different. We're talking about ADSB. Now ADSB is basically positioning that airplanes transmit uh, while they're flying or while they're on the ground and they get ready to, to uh, take off. So if you need a refresher of what, you know, how aviation monitoring works and whatnot, I invite you to take a quick listen to last week's podcast. We talked from Dave Pasco from liveatc.net. Dave did a really great job at explaining because he's a pilot. He understands the the format and, and, and the flow of how aviation transmissions are. So if you go back to scannerschool.com slash session 23, you can listen to Dave Pasco from liveatc.net talk about aviation monitoring. Well, we're going to spin it a little bit. We're not really talking about monitoring, something you can do with your ears, but something you can do with your eyes instead today. ADSB positioning, it's a protocol, and it's basically a, just a, a little blip, because if you were going to listen to it, but your computer has the ability to decode that information, show it to you real time on a screen, and then using information that you're receiving, it can feed a huge network of other websites and other receivers bring the data and the information together and then you have which is a virtual radar so instead of relying on the government to give you the information which we know they're not going to you can set up your own basic virtual radar and uh, and watch what planes are going overhead and you can find their flight paths and you can um, look at the tail numbers and see pictures and all that kind of stuff I mean you can overlay radar images of, of the weather and you can watch planes, you know, change their flight patterns and whatnot to, to go around a storm and, or hold in a, a holding pattern. And what's really neat about it too is if the units have, or the planes have their transponders on, then you can receive it basically. Uh, here in the States, there's two different types of uh, frequencies that you're going to look at. The basic popular one is, is on 1090 megahertz, so it's 1000 90 megahertz. That's where the ADSB is. There's also another one at 978 megahertz. Um, there is some ways of receiving the information, but majority of the people spend their time looking at the ADSB protocol. So, what can you do with an ADSB receiver? Well, not only can you monitor the planes that are directly overhead, but if you have a really good setup, you can get about 250 miles away from you. So, you know, before you can see the plane and hear overhead, then you can uh, you can see it on your radar. Sometimes you'll you'll catch a military aircraft flying overhead and you'll see them positioning, although not all the time. When the Blue Angels were in here last week or two weeks ago for their air show, I wasn't able to see the Blue Angels at all. Although, however, I did see them leave the closest airport for me when they were leaving here to go to Maryland, which was their next stop on their tour. Um, so I saw them leaving and then they shut off their transponder and of course they go invisible. And that's the beauty of this. If they're transmitting you can see them on your own local setup. 
if you go to another website like Flight Radar 24 or even uh, FlightAware, they may filter out some airplanes. Uh, there's other sites out there that do not do that. It's a it's a strongly only uh, community based type of uh, type of site. Whereas if you feed them information, then they open a door for you to see what other people are feeding them as well. So there's really an interesting community when it comes to ADSB receiving. So here's the deal. I picked up a kit, and we talk about it in the view. And when I did the interview with Eric, I said I didn't have the kit yet. Well, I have the kit now. I put one together. The actual receiver that I bought was the Better Flight Aware uh, receiver. And again, we'll have some show notes for this at scannerschool.com slash session 24. And we'll also make an even easier link. We'll just call it scannerschool.com slash ADSB or Alpha Delta Sierra Bravo. And um, we'll put a shopping list there and a little bit of a review thing. I'll, I'll get some videos. I don't have them made up now, but hopefully in the future I'll do it. And I'm also going to do a Facebook live session where I will put a kit together from scratch and I'll show you how quick it is to do. I think it took me less than 30 minutes from the time I had it unboxed. And, and I had hooked up to the antenna on the air and sending information to Flight Aware. So it was less than 30 minutes to get going. So again, the kit was like, uh, or, or the uh, the Raspberry Pi was about 35 bucks. Uh, the actual receiver dongle was about $18. And I used my existing scanner antenna. Again, I also purchased the Flight Aware antenna, which I'll be I'll be putting that up eventually sometime this summer, but uh, you know I don't want to discuss that yet because I don't really know how well it's going to work compared to my current antenna, which I am not in love with, my Austin Ferret, for anybody who wants to know. Yeah, not a big fan of the Austin Ferret. Hey, if you like your Austin Ferret, let me know. Drop me a line. Maybe we can compare notes here, but uh, I'm itching to go back to a discone antenna. So with that said, I'm going to have a shopping list set up for you that if you want to get involved with an ADSB network, uh, you, you can do so at a very, very reasonable cost. Again, we'll be doing this live on Facebook. But again, one very important thing too, if you don't want to shell out any money, Eric was nice enough to offer a few giveaways to our listeners, which is outstanding. Eric is our very first guest to offer a um, a, a giveaway to, to people. So, um, so it's after the interview, I will let you know how you can qualify for our very first giveaway. Now, again, if anybody else is wondering, too, can you use an off-the-shelf dongle? Yes, you can also use your off-the-shelf SDR dongle, but FlightAware has made it very, very simple. Eric's going to talk about it a little bit detail, but let me just say, all you have to do is go to their website, you download the image, you burn it to your SD card, you put the micro SD card in your Raspberry Pi, you turn it on, you wait five minutes, you're on the air. All right, guys, that's enough of me for now. I'm going to see you on the other side of the interview. Again, we have Eric Carlson from flightaware.com, and he's going to talk about their product, PiAware. Okay, welcome, Eric. Uh, thank you for joining us on the Scanner School podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Okay, so why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about yourself? So uh, I work for FlightAware, and um, you know, our, many of our listeners may, may have heard of us, maybe not. Um, we'll hopefully enlighten them as to what we do and how they can get involved with what we're doing. Um, my background uh, is uh, as a software developer professionally, and I've been in management for many years. And uh, actually, uh, Scanner hobby is, is very near dear to my heart. I've been in that hobby for well over 20 years, uh, and more recently, uh, doing ADSB. Uh, at first, uh, you know, personally as a hobby, and uh, very, very fortunate for the last 
two years or so to be doing it professionally uh, as a part of the FlightAware team. Excellent. So what exactly is uh, FlightAware? So FlightAware is a flight tracking service, where well, that's what we've been historically, right? And most people know us through our website or our mobile app. Uh, you can go online and check the status of flights, get flight alerts, uh, find out about delays. Um, people like to know, you know, if their flights are delayed or canceled as soon as possible for obvious reasons. And so we're really good at giving people quick alerts and sometimes, in many cases, you know, faster than airlines and, and, and other services are able to provide that. So people really like that. Uh, people also just like, um, you know, being able to see where planes are, track them. Uh, you know, we have a lot of aviation enthusiasts, if you will, that uh, hang out on our site and like to uh, keep tabs on what's going on in the, in the industry. Uh, and uh, we, we, but we service, you know, and the whole general public around the world uh, for people who just want to know where that flight is, uh, what's going on with that flight. Some people are curious just about routes, like what routes are things taking because of winds or, I mean, there's lots of different uh, questions that you can answer uh, if you're really curious uh, by exploring different flights on our site. Excellent. So you said you have a community there, so you have a, a forum presence as well? Yeah, so we also have some community features on the site. So uh, we have a discussion forum. Uh, we have uh, what we call squawks, which is just a way to post news articles. So people that are, you know, just sharing information about what's going on in the aviation related world. Um, so there's some community elements like that that you can do. And of course, the ADSB community is kind of its own community as well, uh, in terms of the ability to share information about your site, your ADSB receiver site, how it's performing. Um, and of course, we have a discussion forum specifically dedicated to that as well. Excellent. So we, you, you've mentioned ADSB a couple of times. What exactly is ADSB? So technically, it stands for Automatic Dependent Surveillance Broadcast. Uh, and that is a term I think we probably thank the government for coming up with. Uh, it sounds really fancy. Uh, what it is technically is uh, an extension of a protocol called Mode S. Uh, MODES is a transponder technology that is an aircraft. Uh, it's certainly in all commercial aircraft around the world and many other aircraft have it as well. Uh, and what it does is it broadcasts information in response to interrogation by ground radar that provides additional information about the status of that aircraft. Uh, so for example, it's going to tell us things like what altitude it's at. Um, and in the case of ADS-B, it's going to tell us cool information like its latitude and longitude positional information. Uh, and so there's some other metadata as well that can be captured. Excellent. So I guess that ADSP is how you are getting the information into FlightAware? Yeah, so it was FlightAware um, collects and aggregates and synthesizes uh, a wide variety of data sources to produce what you see on the website. Uh, the cool thing about ADSB and our ADSB network that we have and support, um, which is really good, you know, largely community-driven, uh, is that we're able to enable free flight tracking on the website. It's really an enabler for free real-time flight tracking uh, because we're not, you know, uh, under any sort of restricted covenants contractually or anything to, uh, you know, embargo that data or things like that. Um, so we can integrate that into our website with, say, a data from the FAA, and we can fuse that together and show you potentially even a more up-to-date picture than what even the FAA really makes available to us as a data feed. So that's pretty cool. Excellent. So you can basically, we said before, you get latitude, longitude, uh, speed, uh, direction, heading, that kind of stuff from the aircraft. Um, right. What type of aircrafts uh, broadcast ADSB or what can an end user see either via your website or with their own type of equipment? So, uh, as I mentioned, most commercial aircraft have it or will have to have it soon. Uh, in the United States, there's a mandate by January 1st, 2020, that all commercial aircraft, or well, not even just all commercial, all aircraft that operate within 
uh, most uh, you know urban, if you will, airspace within uh, within the U.S. will have to have it. Again, that's a that's a real simplification. If you're really curious about the rules, there's it's very complicated. We probably have a whole podcast just on what does ADSB mean and where does it apply and what are the rules. Um, if you're really curious, you can go online and Google about that uh, and see some charts and diagrams from the FAA that kind of explain where you need ADSB and where you don't. Uh, but generally speaking, most aircraft are going to have to have some form of ADSB by January 1, 2020. Um, so, and there's already mandates in effect in Europe and Australia and, uh, and other places and other parts of airspace and other places that require this technology. And we're only expecting that to continue to expand. So as those rules from the government can put in place, more and more aircraft are equipping with the technology, which means we can track more and more aircraft that way. Excellent. So I guess when you're saying all aircraft, that means even military and, and all that stuff too? And, and, or yeah, is that so, a gray area? Well, it's, it's actually interesting. So the uh, the military is, to the extent the military uses uh, the FAA's controlled airspace, for example, in the United States, they are technically required to comply with the same mandates as everyone else. Uh, the Air Force, for example, has just recently announced that they're spending, you know, I think hundreds of millions of dollars to equip their fleets appropriately so that they can be in compliance. Uh, it, it's widely acknowledged that they probably won't really be fully compliant by January 1, 2020, and they're working out some sort of arrangements with the FAA to uh, still be able to use their airspace. And I'm sure they'll figure that out because it's the government. They'll, they'll find a way to make that happen. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of uh, military aircraft, they, they, there are aircraft out there that, that have ADSB. Not a lot, I would say. It really is going to depend. Um, we may also see that military aircraft may selectively turn that on and off based on whether they need to for the airspace that they're in. I don't really know how that's going to work. Uh, generally speaking, we don't do a lot of military aircraft tracking on flight aware. That's not really our focus. However, as an individual with your own ADSB receiver, you get all the data. Um, and so specifically with respect to ADSB, you know, you get 100% the data. And even if it's something that is uh, not available for tracking on flightaware.com, you can see it on your own device if it's in range of your receiver. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and one other thing we didn't mention is, is general aviation. So general aviation aircrafts, meaning like private jets and small prop planes and things like that, uh, are also uh, subject to the ADSB mandate to the extent they operate in that airspace. And uh, you can track those as well. Excellent. So I guess that's one of the benefits of having your own personal setup uh, separate from a commercial service or a, a web-based service like yours is that you can, if it's overhead, then you can see what's going on on your computer screen. Yeah, that's really the cool thing about having your own ADSB receiver. It's literally real. It's real time as you can get anything that is, you know, generally speaking, within some some radius of your receiver site location. You can, or if said another way, you know, anything that's literally over your head right now, uh, you can you can see that on the receiver. Again, to the it has to be an ADSB aircraft or it has to be an older Modes aircraft that is not ADSB equipped. Uh, we have a technology that, and again, service we provide back to our data feeders for free, which is called multilateration. Uh, what that basically means is that. We calculate and derive a position for aircraft uh, based on the receipt of the signal at multiple sites at the same time, uh, and that's cool. That's a cool just to mention as a you know a free benefit of feeding to the flight aware network as a data feeder is that you get this. It's one of the free benefits you get, right? So you get not just ADSB aircraft you're already receiving, but we actually send back to you multilateration results. So basically, there's this math we do to figure out and derive these positions, and we send those back to you as well, so you can see um, even more aircraft on your receiver. Um, and while I'm on that topic, there are aircraft that you can't see on your receiver. Uh, those are going to be aircraft that are not yet even on a mode S transponder. They're maybe on an older transponder called a, for example, mode C transponder. Um, many of those, again, will have to upgrade to be compliant with the ADSB mandate. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, those 
they may still be flying around today and you, and you may see an aircraft in the sky over your, ha- your house and you're like, why isn't it on my receiver? Well, it may not actually have ADS-B yet. Excellent. So, um, you know, we talked about the benefits really of having a receiver and what you can do with it. So I think the big question is now if, if people are interested in it, how difficult is it to set up your own ADS-B receiver? So the cool thing about what Flatware's done is we've made it as as simple as possible to do. Um, what we've done is we've we've focused on the Raspberry Pi platform. So if you're not familiar with that, Raspberry Pi is a very inexpensive, uh, basically mini com- miniature computer uh, that you can, that runs a, a variant of the Linux operating system on it, and uh, you can like set it in the corner of your house and forget it, and it's just always there running. Uh, and what we've done at Flatware is uh, we provide what we call an SD card image of all the software you need. So there's literally, in, in a sense, no, nothing to install or configure. You just um, image or you know, copy our, our, a single file from, that we provide onto the SD card. You put the SD card in the Raspberry Pi, you plug everything together, turn it on, and basically it just starts working. So um, we've really tried hard to make it really super simple and easy for people to get involved if they want to. Now, if you're an advanced user, you're like a Linux guru, you want to customize everything. We also got that option too. You can manually install all the components. Uh, Pyware, which is the package we have available to our, our community, is is free and open source. So if you want to tinker and play with it, you can totally do that too. Excellent. Yeah, I, I have a couple of Raspberry Pis here. I love them. I mean, they're the size of a deck of cards. They work off a USB 5-volt uh, adapter. And uh, I think the new ones now, right, the Raspberry Pi 3s have Wi-Fi in them. And, and Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so they're even, even more user-friendly at this point. Um, and you were saying too, if anyone is more, um, has, has a higher skill level, can they do this on their own, like Linux desktop computer or windows based computer, or is, do you really recommend doing the raspberry Pi? Uh, so Flightaware focuses on the raspberry Pi platform because it's really self-contained, easy to set up and easy to sort of set it and forget it. Um, you can technically install the packages on other variants of Linux, but that, again, that's good. That's sort of not supported by Flightaware officially. You need to be, again, a more sophisticated user and you may need to do some customization to make that happen. Uh, but there are people that do it. And if you're interested in that, definitely check out our discussion forums at flightaware.com because they're, that's where a lot of people hang out that are doing that sort of thing. Um, for Windows, there is other software that you can run on Windows. If you want to feed to Flightaware, we actually have a partnership with a, with a software called Plane Plotter. So if you have a Plane Plotter installed on your Windows PC, you can feed us ADSB data uh, via that as well. And, and you get the, the benefits of being a Flightaware feeder as well, uh, You know, if you're a Plane Plotter feeder or a Pyware feeder. Excellent. I like the, the Pi too because uh, one thing we didn't touch on, well, you, you kind of said earlier is you can put it in a corner and set it, forget it. So it's a headless unit, basically, which means there's no monitor, there's no keyboard, there's no mouse. So you really could mount this in an attic space or you know underneath the desk, and it would really be completely out of the way. Uh, no fans, no nothing to make noise. So if anybody's interested in putting one of these together, it, it really is a very low power, um, low footprint, and um, uh, it's almost invisible once once you uh, you set it somewhere. So it's it's really really nice. Um, so what? is somebody looking at besides the raspberry pi which i think is about like 35 dollars us um what how much would somebody have to invest to get started in um in setting one of these up so generally speaking you can get started for way less than a hundred dollars uh and then it just kind of depends on how sophisticated you want to get we have people that are really love to tinker with this stuff and they're always trying to get more performance and more range and more messages received out of their their setup and that's great um, you don't have to do that, but you, you can. Uh, we certainly have, again, a community of people that are really passionate about that, that sort of thing. Um, but uh, you can, 
you know, again, very inexpensively do it. You know, generally speaking, we say, you know, 100 bucks or less, you can get a good setup. Um, one of the key things, though, with, with making it work really well is uh, having a decent antenna and having it mounted outdoors uh, with, the, with a clear line of sight to the sky in all directions, to the horizon as well, uh, and with any, without any obstructions. So obstructions are going to be things like other buildings, trees, mountains, that sort of stuff. Um, those, the ADS-B signal is very weak and can be transmitted over hundreds of miles. Uh, you can still receive it successfully, but again, it's very sensitive to, um, to line of sight obstructions. So that's, that's one of the things that, that makes it a little bit trickier to get a really good sight uh, is just making sure that you've got it outside. And, and a lot of people, that's a challenge. You know, if they're setting up their house, maybe they don't have an easy way to mount it on the roof, for example. Um, you can put it in a window, for example, put the antenna in a window. Uh, that'll work okay. Uh, you're you're going to have some obstruction, obviously, in the opposite direction of the window is facing. Um, but, you know, I, in fact, I have one in a window at my house. It, it works okay uh, for my purposes, but it's, it's obviously not uh, as finely tuned and, and as, as, as long of a range as, uh, you know, of reception that, that you could have. We talked about the Raspberry Pi, um, and, and obviously you need an antenna, but what other piece of hardware would you need? What's the actual radio interface that's required for the, um, the last piece of the puzzle here? Yeah, so let me just run through the, the shopping list real quick if you sure. want. And, and if, and if you're, you're curious about this, please go to uh, flightaware.com. And uh, we have a, what we call our Pyware build page, which has all the information you need in detail, shopping lists, links to suppliers, instructions, software, everything you need in one place. Uh, but so the, the basic things you need, again, of course, the Raspberry Pi. You're going to need a power supply for the Raspberry Pi that's usually sold separately. Uh, you're going to need a micro SD card. So we talked about the SD card earlier. Um, if you don't already have a computer with a micro SD card reader, you're going to need perhaps a USB one so that you can plug it into your computer and, and get the software onto the SD card. And then you're going to need the sort of the key piece, which is uh, an SDR or software defined radio uh, USB dongle. Uh, there are tons of them out there. Uh, there's one that, you know, that's very popular called the new Elec one uh, that's been around for a long time and kind of started it all. Uh, and we actually make our own, uh, we call the pro stick and, and a version called the pro stick plus, uh, and those are, uh, optimized basically to work really well with ADSB. Uh, so people that use that tend to get way better performance. So we recommend it again. You don't have to use our stick. Uh, you can use other sticks. Uh, and then of course the antenna and a cable to connect the antenna to the, the SDR stick. Um, that's really the, the shopping list, if you will, of things that you need, uh, and, uh, again, so you have a lot of options with with the USB receiver itself, the SDR receiver. Um, you also have a lot of options with the antenna. Uh, we sell uh, an inexpensive antenna designed specifically for 1090 megahertz, which is the ADSB signal frequency. Um, there are other manufacturers of antennas. You can make your own. Uh, a lot of people that are tinkerers, they love to play around and make their own different types of antennas. Again, if you're interested in that, I, again, encourage you to check out our succession forums because we have lots of people that hang out there and are working on different ideas and trying different things out. Um, there are different things called like the can antenna, for example, where you can kind of make out of a soda can, even you can make an antenna that works pretty well. So uh, a lot of options if you're, if you're curious and, and like to play with uh, building your own stuff. Excellent. So what would be the difference between the, the pro stick and the pro stick plus? So that's a great question. So the pro stick is what we originally came out with. The main innovation with the pro stick is that it has an onboard uh, low noise amplifier built into the stick. And again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, the signals tend to be very weak, generally speaking. And so the amplifier really helps uh, the receiver pick up those, those, those distant signals. Um, so you know, generally speaking, I mean, we see, you know, people reporting 20 to 100% more messages received per second 
when they switch from a generic dongle to a per stick. Uh, so it's pretty dramatic, uh, the type of performance that you can get out of that. Now, the caveat there is that um, you may need to play with the gain setting on the SDR stick to optimize that for your location uh, because there's so much gain potentially coming in, particularly if you're in an urban area with a lot of, with a high noise floor. Um, if you know your audience may be familiar with that concept. Um, so there's a lot of tinkering and playing with it to optimize it that, that may be necessary. Uh, the ProStick Plus is builds on the ProStick by adding uh, an onboard uh, 1090 megahertz bandpass filter. Uh, and that, uh, you know, as your audience may also be familiar with, uh, bandpass filter helps, again, filter out that noise, lower that noise floor to make it easier for you to pick up those signals. Um, and so uh, particularly in urban areas where there tends to be more radio frequency noise, uh, the ProStick Plus tends to be a, a lot uh, more popular. Right, and that, that would be the one that I would recommend going with anyway. I mean, being, it's, we're talking like 1090 megahertz, right? And that's mm -hmm. kind of sitting right at right around the cellular, cellular band as well. So if you're close to a cell site or like that, then uh, paying for the, the small upgrade fee to go for the, uh, the Pro Stick Plus is well worth the investment, um, especially seeing how much better that the, the reviews are on that unit and how much people are actually picking up on it uh, by, by going with the upgrade on that one. So that would be something I would recommend going with, so... Um, so again, if you want to upgrade into it, you know, you, you said you talked about, you guys have your own antenna. Um, obviously you would upgrade into the pro stick plus I've also seen online. There's, there's, um, extra filters you can buy. Is that something you would recommend? Or when you get the pro stick plus, does that basically eliminate the need to have that extra filter? Not necessarily. So the pro stick plus is designed with the filter after the amplifier. So in, in fact, in many cases, and for example, I'm, I'm a good case for this it, I, in my very urban location in which I, I live in uh, at home, I actually have the, the external filter on the stick and the Pro Stick Plus, and that's really what provides the best performance for my particular location. Now, that's probably not typical. Uh, I live in basically in, in downtown Houston, and uh, there's tons of uh, radio transmitters uh, hovering over my head, if you will. Um, but uh, the, the, the trick um, is that it, it it's so location dependent, the noise floor and the, the RF environment that you're in. And, and so it's everyone always wants to know, like, well, what's the best combination? And really, there is no right answer. Uh, it really is going to be location dependent. We really encourage people to experiment, particularly if you have the budget to buy a few different parts and play with it. Uh, you know, looking at different combinations with the external filter without ProStick, ProStick Plus, um, different antennas as well, because the gain on the antenna can, can make a difference as well. Um, so again, it, it's a really cool hobby if you're interest, interested in experimenting and playing with stuff and, and finding out what works. Uh, and one of the things I haven't mentioned is we, we provide a lot of ADSB statistics um, on your on our website. If you uh, if you link or what we call claim your receiver on flightaware.com, you actually get uh, a detailed statistics page. So you can see how many messages I'm getting, how many aircraft I'm actually receiving, and track that over time. And so you could say set up one configuration one day, see what the stats look like next day, switch to another configuration and kind of compare. Um, so we, that's a cool capability that we give you. A lot of people like to play the uh, play the game of like, how can I improve my stats? And so that's one sort of niche that people have. And it's a, it's a cool thing that we, you know, we provide for free to data feeders on flightaware.com. That's excellent. So yeah, so now you can really see if the change you made really is something that, that improved it or messed up with what you were, with what you were running with already. And if something fails too, I mean, that's nice to know too, that, you know, you're not sending out the information you thought you were sending out or, that you can really confirm that something something didn't go well on your uh, on your install, so that's that's right. a really nice uh, feedback feature you have there. So if somebody goes online and they order the, the Pi the, and, and the antennas and, and the dongles or the um, the USB radios, 
How long does it take to get it from unboxed to being on the air? It's super simple. So if you're using the SD card image like we recommend and provide, uh, I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't have it running in less than an hour. Uh, it's really, again, just a matter of loading that software on the SD card and then plug everything together. So, I mean, it really could be a matter of minutes once you have all the parts. The part, Getting the parts is probably actually the harder part because um, depending on what you want, you may have to go to a few different suppliers to get them. Uh, you know, again, just depending on which pieces you want to pull together. You talked about the suppliers. Where would you recommend that somebody go and, and purchase the uh, the equipment? So it kind of depends on where you are in the world. Uh, if you're in the U.S., uh, for example, uh, we retail uh, the parts, that are the specialized parts that we actually make at FlightAware. We sell them direct uh, retail on Amazon.com. So if you're, uh, and also as well on Amazon Canada. So that's the um, sort of easiest way to get it. Uh, if you're in, in the U.S. or Canada, you can buy direct from us. Uh, we sell the parts at cost, by the way. So uh, we're, we're not really in the hardware business. We're a software company, but these hardware Parts that we sell are obviously really specialized, and, and we make them available to the community uh, at cost as, as a way to promote this uh, as, a, as an activity and a hobby. And obviously, you know, we hope that you contribute to Flight Award uh, as well as, as a data feeder. Um, internationally, uh, we have a, quite a number and growing number of uh, retail partners that sell our parts. So, uh, for example, in the UK and Germany and China. Australia, etc. There, are, there are retailers in your in those countries, uh, and you can check the ProStick webpage at flightaware.com. We list all, and have direct links to all those retailers that are selling our parts uh, overseas. Um, now they may have their own markups on those parts. We don't control that, uh, but they do get them from us. You know, again at cost. Um, so there's a lot of options for and those. Other specifically the FlightAware manufactured parts I'm talking about. And so just to be specific, uh, the parts we're talking about are the ProStick, the ProStick Pro Plus, uh, our external filter, bandpass filter, uh, and the uh, 1090 megahertz antenna. Those are what FlightAware actually makes. We don't, for example, make or sell Raspberry Pis. That's totally not our business. You're going to have to buy that from uh, from someone else. Uh, we do have partners, though, uh, just to mention, that that sell complete kits. So if you're like, I really don't even want to go through the hassle of buying all this stuff. I want it single point of purchase, great. Um, there are a number of retailers, for example, on eBay and Amazon and, and probably some other places where they'll actually sell you the whole kit. Everything that we talked about on this podcast in one one purchase, now you may pay a, a premium to, for that convenience, but you know that's, that's out there if you want that convenience. Uh, and again, they, they may have different combinations of parts depending on what you're looking for. Excellent. And since you are uh, selling on Amazon, I'll, I'll say here too that uh, if anybody wants to help support not only FlightAware but also Scanner School, uh, and you want to make the purchase through Amazon, either through Amazon US or Amazon Canada, you can go to the show notes for this podcast, or you can go to scannerschool.com slash flightaware, and we'll have links to um, where you can purchase the parts on Amazon. So it's a great way to not only to help the Scanner School podcast, but also help support FlightAware too when, uh, when you purchase the hardware. Um, and also we'll add links into some of those kits as well. So if you do want to get any of the uh, pre-manufactured kits that are done by the third parties, then... Um, then that'd be uh, in there as well. And again, those third-party kits are nice too. I was looking at a couple of them where they, they come with the coax run. Um, I think I saw a couple of them that had, uh, uh, was it power over Ethernet? So you didn't have to run a, run the five volts to it. So there's, there's some pretty um, heavy-duty kits out there too. Even some I think I saw that had lightning arresters in there as well. So I think they've, they've pretty much taken your idea and added everything into it, including the kitchen sink. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep, I guess it's another another hobby within the hobby, which is really great. So um, besides getting, I guess, uh, feeding the information to you and getting the stats back real time and having you guys also fill in some of the blanks with some of the other protocols, what are uh, really the benefits of partnering up with you, having somebody take their 
ADSB setup and sending you the information? Yeah, great question. So um, there's several benefits. Obviously, we've touched on some of them already, but I'll just try to recap real quick um, and mention some additional ones we haven't talked about yet. So the number one uh, benefit we like to talk about is uh, as a data feeder to where you get a free enterprise account uh, on our site. So basically, uh, you can go on flightaware.com and look and see what all the detailed benefits are of that account. I mean, as you know, in a nutshell, some of the key benefits are you can access up to eight months of historical flight data. You get unlimited flight alerts that you can set up for, uh, for different aircraft. Um, you also get registration numbers for call sign flights. Um, a lot of different stuff. Just depends on what you're interested in. Um, those, this is basically the type of account that we sell to um, business type aviation users for $90 a month and you get it for free as a data feeder. You just have to feed us data and then claim your account, uh, claim your device on our, uh, on our site and your account gets automatically upgraded as long as you're feeding us data. So that's pretty cool. Um, another benefit specifically if you're a Pyor user uh, is that uh, you get this cool interface called Skyview, which is a um, local map interface that's running directly on the Raspberry Pi. And it shows you the real-time visualization of all the data that you're getting. And this is kind of the cool payoff that most people really like to see. It's, it's Again, it's that real as real-time as you can get, latest and greatest flight information of everything that you're receiving at your site right now, including those multilateration or MLAT results that we send back to you for free, which, again, another benefit. Um, I also mentioned previously the stats page. So you get, again, the detailed stats that you can review uh, on your website once you claim the site, on our website once you claim the site. Uh, and then another benefit that's, that some people are interested in is, is we have a feature on flightaware.com called the track log. So if you're tracking a specific flight, uh, you can actually click into what's called the track log and it'll show you where all the position data came from, from for, for that flight. And um, as a data feeder, we'll, we get, sort of give you credit. So you can actually see if you contributed to a specific point on, uh, for, or position for a flight on flightaware.com, we're, we're going to show you what, which position that was and in, in, in your username and, and a link to your site. So. Uh, again, just depends on what you're interested in. We try to provide a kind of a wide range of benefits, but those are kind of the key things that we have out there that a lot of people uh, like and enjoy. Excellent. So it sounds like basically for the cost of the hardware, uh, it's like one month of the professional service, the enterprise service, and everything else after that is really um, well worth the investment on the hardware at that point because it's yeah. it's it, it really washes out to the first month. So I think. Um, I think that's a great price point, and uh, it really makes the um, it makes justifying, you know, putting the money out for the equipment, especially if this is something that you enjoy doing. It, it really makes it, you know, a real easy decision to make. That uh, the benefit is, is is immediately there for you. So, I think I think you guys did really well with that. So, do you have any other um, any other things you want to bring up before we uh, we wrap up today? No, I don't think so. Uh, you know, again, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to, to speak to your audience. Again, there's tons of information on flightaware.com, so please go and check that out. Um, also wanted to just mention that we have um, some social media accounts that you can follow for additional information. Uh, these are separate from the main FlightAware social media accounts. They're specifically for the ADSB flight tracking community and people such as your audience that are really interested in the specific topic. So, and it's really easy. It's just FlightAware ADSB, all one word. That's our handle. We're on flight. We're on Facebook. And we're on Twitter, so you could follow us there for additional information if you're interested. Excellent. We'll link to that too in the show notes as well. I mean, personally, I've I've looked at these ADSB receivers and your website for for a while now, and uh, never really went out and purchased the equipment. But I'm telling you right now, after this interview, I'm I'm going logging on Amazon. I'm I'm going to place an order and, and pick up all the parts that I need to get one set up. Uh, and also, what I'll do is I've been doing a Facebook live session. So what I plan on doing is putting a kit together real time. Uh, and, and showing people how it's done and how easy it will be. So again, we'll 
well, after the interview and, and, and post edit, I'll add in the dates that we'll be, we'll be doing that. So if anybody's interested in seeing exactly how one of these is set up, um, you can join us online and, and we'll go through the process step by step as well. Great. Sounds good. Looking forward to seeing that. Okay. And then uh, anything else you want to uh, bring up? Yeah, so I'm happy to offer uh, to the Scanner School audience uh, a free giveaway of some ProSticks and ProStick Pluses. Um, so I think what we're going to do is uh, have you uh, leave your comments on uh, the Scanner School website uh, about this podcast, and then we'll just pick some lucky winners from the list of commenters, and we'll be sending out some free equipment uh, courtesy of FlightAware to the Scanner School audience. We're happy to support this and happy to talk today to your audience about what we're doing, and hopefully they're interested and want to participate. Excellent. And then the window for the contest will be announced in a couple minutes once we uh, go through post-edit <laughs> and, <laughs> okay. and know the exact date that we're going to full launch this. So, Eric, I want to thank you very much for taking the time today explaining what ADSB is and uh, the benefits of having your own receiver and the benefits of sending it to your product, which is Flight Aware. And, uh, again, I hope that uh, you got a couple more uh, people out there that are sending you data. Great. Awesome. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. All right, I want to thank Eric Carlson from Flight Aware for that wonderful interview and letting us know exactly what ADSB is and how to put a station on the air and some of the benefits too of having your own ADSB receiver and sending it to a website like Flight Aware. Now again, you're not stuck to just giving it to Flight Aware if you use their hardware. You can also send your data elsewhere and other websites have information on how to patch in the Pi Aware software and configuration to send to them as well. So it's almost like the Pi Aware software or um, platform has kind of become the very basic building block to get a lot of people on the air and then have other websites uh, kind of pigtail off of the hard work of what uh, Pi Aware has been doing or, or Flight Aware has been doing. So here's the deal. I know you guys have been waiting for this. How do you qualify for the free giveaway from FlightAware.com? Here's what you got to do. This podcast goes live June 5th, 2018. There will be a two-week window where you go to scannerschool.com slash session24. Leave a comment on this podcast. Let us know what you liked about it. Let us know if you have any questions. Uh, a little bit of feedback would be great. Eric will pick a couple of winners and we'll send them some hardware. You've got two weeks. The contest window closes, or the giveaway window closes on June 19th, 2018. All right. So from June 5th, 2018 to June 19th, 2018 is the window. After that, Eric will go on and he will pick a couple of winners. Again, scannerschool.com slash session24 is where you will go. Leave a comment and we will pick a winner from those who left a comment. So again, if you're in the market now, if you want to start building an ADSB receiver, go to scannerschool.com slash session24, or even easier, scannerschool.com slash ADSB, or Alpha Delta Sierra Bravo. We will have a list of required items and a list of optional items. Eventually, I'll get some videos posted on how I set mine up. So again, it took me less than 30 minutes to put mine on the air. From the time that I unboxed it, burnt the image to the SD card, walked over to my other desk, put in the SMA cable into my Streisberg multi-coupler. I was on the air in less than 30 minutes, registered, receiving packets, and uh, really enjoying a new part of this hobby. So again, the, um, the links 
on scannerschool.com slash session24, scannerschool.com slash ADSB. They will be affiliate links to Amazon. It's a really great way to help support the Scanner School podcast by going there and making a purchase. We will earn a very small affiliate fee. It comes at no additional cost to you. Now, again, if you want to help support the Scanner School podcast in any other way, go to scannerschool.com slash support. And again, we also have Patreon. Patreon is a great way where you make monthly pledges to the Scanner School podcast. And again, we want to thank so far our one and only um, Patreon supporter, Mark BB. Thank you very much, Mark, for being a continued supporter of the Scanner School podcast. So again, we have had a couple of weeks here. We've had some interviews and some guests on the Scanner School podcast. If there's anything or any part of the scanner hobby that you really enjoy, that you want to share with somebody, maybe you know a lot about uh, railroad monitoring. Maybe you know a lot about military air. Maybe you know a lot about um, marine broadcasts, listening to the U.S. Coast Guard. Maybe you're into utility listening or shortwave receiving or, or that kind of stuff. Drop me a line. Let me know. I'd love to have you on as a guest. Share your stories. Let other people know what it is that you enjoy about the Scanner School podcast. My door is always open. Drop me a line. My email address is phil at scannerschool.com. You can always reach me at Twitter, scannerschool.com slash Twitter, or on Facebook, scannerschool.com slash Facebook. So again, I want to thank you for listening to the Scanner School podcast, where we teach you everything that you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Again, all show notes are available online at scannerschool.com slash session24. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to the Scanner School podcast. Be sure to visit www.scannerschool.com to access the show notes and bonus content.